Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And of course, as you know, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. I really, really do appreciate it. You can listen to this show exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of my links and platforms are there. You can also watch the full episodes and clips, behind the scenes, exclusive content at my YouTube channel. Just type in onairwithjt. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and everything is right there. And of course, if you are a business owner, a brand, a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, my social media platforms, and my new podcasts that are launching this year, then send me an email. Of course, serious inquiries only. You can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. You are listening to On Air with JT. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. Caution, you are listening to On Air with JT, a fully uncensored, raw, and unfiltered show. JT doesn't give a fuck. You are listening to On Air with JT, pop culture, news, rants, interviews, serious discussions that the mainstream media won't talk about, and so much more. This is On Air with JT. You are listening to On Air with JT. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT, and I have a very, very exclusive interview with a very talented individual, Sam Hollander. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm good, JT. How are you, sir? I'm doing so great, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This really means so much, like I told you prior. Like, this really means a lot. Hey, it is so, uh, uh, so sweet of you. And um, I'm honored to be here. It's awesome. Thank you so much. That that, that really means a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I told you, you know, I, I just bought your book and, and I, you know, I'm about 20% in. I'm still reading it. Um, but I definitely like skimmed through some parts, you know, a little bit before the interview. And, and there's definitely some things I, I would love to talk about. Um, obviously, you, know, you, you released your book, Flopping, you know, 21 Hit Wonder, Flopping My Way to the Top of the Charts, Adventures in Songwriting. Um, and, and I got to tell you, just from personally, just from being 15, 20% into the book so far, and I'll be honest, I'm not like an avid reader, but I do love like books about like music and things like that. And this is I'm not, I'm not even just saying this because you know, it's you. Like, honestly, this is one of the best music books that I've ever came across. And, I, and I'm not even, you know. A, a- hey, man, thank you so much. Look, you know, one thing I take tremendous pride in in the book is um, there were no co-writers or ghostwriters. Um, and that's one thing that's always, you know, I'm also a huge fan of a, a music bio. 
and you know television bio film bio any of it I, I you know i'm a nerd so <laughs> i love all this stuff and i read it copious amounts of sort of content and the one thing i realized through the years is a lot of books that i read felt like sanitized takes on um the people you know and sometimes if i knew the person writing it and it didn't feel like their voice i can sort of see through it and i just wanted this one you know i wanted to write something purely from my perspective, my take on it. And I had seven, you know, it was a seven year undertaking, you know, it was five years before I even got a book deal. I'm sorry, by the way, how loud are my dogs barking right now? Is it the craziest thing you've ever heard? Um, it's, it could be worse. It's not a big deal. All right. We're going to move away from these guys. Hold on one second as I talk to you. No, no um, but you know what? You know, they're, they're both getting voted off the island. This is Survivor <laughs> and I'm extinguishing torches. But, um, you know, the thing about, um, yeah, the thing about the book was that, you know, what, what spurred it, I lost both my parents, and when um, when you deal with something like that, and you come from a very small family, you know um, it really it, it hits you like a shovel to the head. And the one thing I realized was both of my parents were so interesting and had these fascinating lives, sort of been lost uh, to the internet, had sort of been lost to the internet by some, to some respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I'm a dad. And my kid is a, in high school, and I just felt that the she never got to know her mother. I mean, sorry, her grandmother. She never got to know her grandmother and barely knew her grandfather. And I wanted to connect some of the dots for her. And that's what it started, where I felt like, you know, here's a little backstory of who, where, how I started. Mm-hmm. Who, also, what spurred on my interest in art, right? What got me going? What, how did I do this? And more appropriately, how did I fail? Because... Every time I read a book that um, sort of harps in success, you know, Mm. where it's just so hyper-focused on the success, I get really bummed out because, you know, truthfully, it just, the success is boring to me. The success isn't that fun because it's not even relatable. It's weird. The success is just this weird amorphous thing that happens. The, what's relatable to people is the struggle and tenacity and the intensity and this sort of, you know, following a dream where the deck is stacked against you. That person. And yeah, and that's what I want to write about. So that's what this book is about. It's really about the first 15 years of my career when I failed at a level that nobody has ever seen. And I really just wanted to delve into what it's like to just sort of to consistently miss and have incredible opportunities and blow them and to come out of that on the other side and actually figure out um, how to write a song. I think that's an amazing thing, not only just for yourself, but to share to the world. You know, not only does this apply to musicians or people in the entertainment industry or art or whatever, but like it just goes to show you, you know, you can fail for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it might be, but like, you know, it might take, you know, not, you know, if you ask a hundred people, 99 people might say no or reject you, but that one person can change everything, you know, and, and if you stay in, you know, studying it, you have crowd, to stay in it. Yeah. You have to stay in it. You exactly. have to stay in it. And you also have to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the God's honest truth is there were moments in my life where I thought that I was creating art that was competitive and in hindsight, it wasn't competitive enough. And I had to just get better and I had to learn and I had to study and I had to constantly um, shape shift until I found a path. And until, began, you know, I began to sort of live up to the 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 goals that I had um, that I had sort of uh, I had aspired to, you know. And that's the art, the artist way. You struggle, you struggle, and you just keep getting better and better and better. And that's what I did. So definitely, I, I totally agree. I, I I honestly personally feel like the faster you fail and the faster you know you make mistakes, the, and you're able to if you're able to you know intelligently you know comprehend and analyze and figure out what went wrong and then go back with that approach. You know, the quicker you fail, you know, the quicker you're going to succeed. Or oh, a the, thousand. At least the probability will increase. A thousand percent. A yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. You know, and look, you know, I, uh, you know, a lot of times, um, 
songwriting, production, art is depicted in books. And, you know, there is the struggle chapter because you have to have an arc and a story and everybody's journey. But in the hero's tale, I always find in a lot of books and a lot of stories that, you know, they gloss over this stuff, right? So it's the first 20 pages are always tough. But then, you know, I caught a break and everything magically worked out. Mm. That didn't happen for me. And so I had my first hit at 35 years of age. And I'd been doing it professionally for the previous 15. So, you know, it takes a minute for some people. And it, it's just... Um, you just have to be cognizant of that. And, and I think it's it's important for people to hear that voice that says, don't worry, you have not run out of time. Your moment yeah, has yeah. not passed. Yeah. It is just beginning. You're just, you're just getting better. You don't know it yet. In reading your book, you know, I, I have to ask you, you know, because I, I hear a lot of, you know, talk and to me, maybe it comes off, you know, maybe I'm misinterpreting a little bit, but, you know, with a lot about the A&R talk and maybe a little bit of frustration, was it was it frustration at the system and how it's designed be, or, on top of a little bit of that self or was it just a combination? Or? I think it's a combination thereof. I mean, truthfully, the A&R, the A&R um, you know, the A&R, um, uh, the the process and in general all the companies it's shifting so radically like in this era of TikTok yeah. you know the A and R is a completely different role now right yeah. because they're they're doing acquisitions based on algorithms and it's a very different thing but you know um, look I don't blame any A and R for passing on me ten thousand times or anything like that it was part of it but it could be frustrating I mean look no one really when you're creating art you really don't want a gatekeeper for your art, right? You want to, you want the, you want the path of least resistance. You want your art, you want to birth your art and see it come out. And now you can do that. But when I started out, that didn't exist. You know, you know, you wanted music out there. You had to have a record label and to have a record label. They had to, you know, you needed, um, you know, they, they, they held all the cards and a lot of records just didn't make the cut. And I happened to be the one whose records always seem to be tax write-offs that didn't get released. And that really messes with your head. But the truth be told, you know, I, I learned from it and, uh, you know, and I had to, had to just, you know, get better and, you know, just wait for an opportunity where one of my records actually sort of entered the consciousness a little bit, you know, but it is weird. I mean, the first five records, when you're making the first five records I ever got hired to produce all got shelved, you know, that was crazy. There was no internet. There was no iTunes. There was no Spotify, obviously. Wow. So, you know, these were CDs, physical CDs on major labels. And what happened was they would sign a bunch of acts and then, you know, some just wouldn't get to see the light of day and they were always mine. And that really messes with your head, you know? Mm. And um, I'm very blessed to have come out on the other side of it because, you know, a lot of people I came up with ended up doing other things with their lives. And I get it because it's just really frustrating and psychotic, you know? I, I can only imagine. And that leads me to the next question. When, when you kind of um, teamed up and, and met Jason Mraz, you know, with that, with that, you know, whole bidding war for I'm yours, you know, what was that like, you know, you know, knowing, you know, because I, I know that the music industry and musicians and artists and rappers and singers and bands, they're all competitive, but I'm sure this, you know, just the songwriters, you know, that whole aspect of the industry is even more competitive. And stuff that goes on behind the scenes is probably just insane. Well, remember, like an artist like Mraz, you know, here's a very talented guy who wrote his biggest hit by himself. So when you have somebody like that and they've done that, um, they're in a completely different power position because they want to work. They want to do their own thing and they've earned it. Yeah. He wrote a song by himself. And, he wrote, and, and what he, happened? He wrote it like three or four years before it got released, didn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the label didn't hear it at the time. Isn't and then eventually crazy? it becomes a single. And then it was the biggest song on radio that year. Yep. And then suddenly he's you know thrust back into co-writing because co-writing is an essential part of popular music. Mm. And, you know, some some people aren't psyched about that. You know, some people, uh, 
some people, you know, um, are, you know, really like want to just make their own music. And I happened to catch him on a day, I think when he really wasn't that psyched to collaborate. And, you know, that's what that chapter is about. It's like, what do you do? How do you navigate a session where the artist really isn't that psyched to be there? Mm-hmm. And do I blame him? No. no, why not? You know, he didn't want to be there. It's okay. There's some days that, you know, people don't want to show up, you know, they're just, their heads, their heads aren't in it. It's part of life. Yeah. But it messes with your head and you have to navigate on the fly. And that's what I did. And that day I navigated on the fly and I totally choked, you know, <laughs> and that's what, that's what that chapter is about. Yeah. It, it, it's a really remarkable story to be honest. And Thanks, so, so after that, you know, you, you obviously, uh, linked up with, um, you know, uh, Pat from train, um, and you know, you worked with, uh, save me San Francisco. Um, and so you, did you write? Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Marry me or, or did you? So marry me. Yeah. So I, um, the great thing about marry me is um, I'm a co-writer of the song marry me and I did nothing. And I did nothing. It's one of great life's great gifts. So what happened was uh, me, Pat and Dave Katz uh, wrote a song called uh, stay on me and stay on me was a title that I had that I pushed on Pat and Pat had become a friend. And I I told him, man, this song, it's got to be called stay on me. And he said, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. It just sounds great. Mm. And he said, I don't know if I really feel it. I said, no, come on, come on, let's go for it. So we chased stay on me together and we wrote the song and uh it got thrown out immediately (laughs) and then six months later we got back together we wrote save me san francisco the the three of us and that reacted and then pat called one day and said remember stay on me i said yeah he said yeah i rewrote it it's called marry me now wow Uh, so marry me what what is that he sent it to me and it was stay on me just as a much better song you know a lot of the same melodies but just Uh completely a much sharper lyric And so I got a free ride on that one. So I make that clear with everybody because it's imperative to understand, like, you know, when somebody carries the load like that, the way Pat did on that one, you know, you know, and you see my name on it. Trust me, I did very little like that was that was Pat's baby. And he really brought it home. Same San Francisco was great because that's the three of us in a room. Dave Katz had a a riff like the Stonesy kind of greasy like bar band riff. And then. And then um, me and Pat just started literally trading lines like uh, MCs where we were just trying to like battle rap and sort of it was like born out of us just trying to one one up each other on each line. And that's why I love that song so much because it's two it's two cats who were really playing really, really solid ball that day. We were really invested and we were having the time of our lives with these punchlines and it just connected. And I I love that song because it takes me to like all these songs are timestamps. Right. So they take me to where I was at that exact moment and who I was working with. And I can remember the session always. I can remember the room where I wrote it. I just, you know, and I sometimes I can even, you know, I'm blessed to remember where I was in my life, you know, where my headspace was. So they're like these weird, you know, sonic um, memories and uh, um, memory books. And what I love about that is, you know, it's just it, emotionally, it makes it so much more rewarding. When I listen to the, the Spotify playlist they made or the Apple playlist I made of my stuff, I can sort of go through it. And I go to some of the songs that maybe weren't as big. And suddenly I'm reminded of a time and a place and sort of a, a headspace. Yeah, and it's, it's like magical. Sort of. It's magical. Yeah. It's just, you know, man, it's like so great to be able to like look at your life in terms of, you know, you know, it's a diary. So it's a, it's an oral diary. So I love it. Exactly. And, and so another song that you worked on that I actually love and, and I've, I've had it on my phone since it came out is um, waiting for Superman. Yeah. I didn't know. Yes. So did you, did you help him write that or were you? Yeah. I wrote that with me, 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 Daughtry, me and Chris Daughtry and Martin Johnson wrote that song. Um, that second verse is great. And the uh, bridge and just, 
uh, like that that song I really dig because um, we did five songs. We wrote four or five songs together for that album. And Waiting for Superman, I was really psyched. I had that title and that concept. And um, we got in the room. And once again, there's some really... Uh, um, there's some real fun punchlines and some visual stuff, you know, in that, and I agree with you. I dig that second verse too. And we, we really, you know, we were having a great time and it was, it was an interesting time for Chris because he had been doing a lot of heavier stuff. You know, the, his previous album had been a little heavier mm-hmm. and, you know, we, uh, we took a gamble on Superman and we thought it was, uh, we thought it, you know, we thought it was, um, you know, uh, I was scared that it might be a little too pop leaning, and uh and it's funny because it just keeps connecting and it streams and it just it's really lived on as a, an important part of his catalog and you know it's funny uh I'm, i've been on this book tour and he came out and performed it at the nashville date at a club when i was on stage and it was so cool man because it took me back to just sitting in my garage writing that thing with him and it was just i don't know wow. it was awesome that, that, that's really insane and, and i don't mean to keep bringing up all these memories but just it's so oh cool. man it's fun for me yeah. it's fun for me i love it yeah, love it I, like just to see that you worked with you know you know johnny from the google dolls like that's so that must have been so fucking surreal i mean he's such a talented writer you know well he's he, he's one of those people you know I, i'm like i've been blessed to work with incredible talents um johnny's not only an incredible talent but he's also one of my closest friends so um there's a duality to it because it, it's like, you know, the, you, friendships are formed in the process. And I met him within five minutes. I knew, oh my God, this guy's like a friend for life, you know, and he's remained, we're so close. And I, um, so that song is, you know, Miracle Pill is very close to me because, I, you know, that session was the first time I ever worked with him. And I was like, oh my God, what a beast. And his voicings, his tunings were so cool. He's just doing all this cool stuff. And he's the loveliest guy in the world. So. Wow, that that's great to hear. Because at one point, I mean, they were just killing it. I mean, I mean, obviously, Iris, Names, Slide. I mean, there's, there's a lot of a lot of hits, man. A lot of hits. So many big hits. band, and, big and, band. And I just have I have to ask you, you know, as you know, a successful songwriter in the industry, you know, and again, I kind of talked about it a little bit, just with the competitiveness. But like, do you personally? feel like you're in competition with other songwriters that you know are in you know are in the industry yeah yeah i do i do it's funny i do um it's it's a you know it's a business it's only and like anything it's yeah it's part of it um i've gone through spells where you know i was more competitive than others and one thing i would tell you is what's strange about music and and the one thing i i um the, you know, the one descriptive I would provide for the music business that I don't think people understand, it's one of the most welcoming, like, kind, positive group of people. Mm-hmm. It's strange. It's like, you know, it's this weird high school of credit cards, you know, and it's a bunch of nice people. Yeah. And the truth be told, everybody knows everybody. And even people who I would say I, I quote unquote competed against on records are my closest friends. I would make a case that actually two or three of my closest friends in the entire industry are people I am fighting for spots against. And we share information like, hey, that's a great collaborator. Hey, stay away from that one. That one is probably torture, you know, yeah. and you have, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So yeah, it is competitive, but in a really lighthearted, you know, warm way, if that makes sense. No, that, that, that's, it kind of does make sense. Um, that, that, that's really good to hear because like, it's it's just crazy just because just like just so many talented songwriters like you I mean people don't give Rob Thomas his flowers like he deserves like you know Ryan Tedder obviously shout out to Lewis Bell from you know Boston representing you know he figured out the right formula um, with Post and everything but you know every you know I just appreciate you know songwriters you know. I appreciate music and I love music. I'm, I'm a huge music nerd and buff, but I really love, you know, and I'm so fascinated in the songwriting, you know, aspect of it. Uh, maybe just because I, I started writing poetry when I was in third grade. But so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a good songwriter or anything, but like, you know, I, you don't know that. You don't know that. Maybe you are. Yeah, Come on, I, man. Maybe you are. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? But like, th- that's, uh, you know, I just never took it professionally. So, like, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always fascinated when I'm able to talk to, um, you know, people that are songwriters that 
have actually, you know, done things and actually, you know, uh, have, you know, created amazing work in art. And, and, and that's not always an easy thing to do because I feel like, honestly, Sam, like a lot of people don't understand, like most musicians, bands, rappers, singers, whatever, you know, they dream their whole life to get maybe one song to chart, you know, on, on the billboard, you know, top 100 or top 40, you know, at that. And the fact that, you know, you're able, you were able to do that over 20 21 22 plus times and, 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 and like what's even harder is because you have to be so creative and diverse because you're writing for someone else's perspective and what the well, hell, how they're feeling or am I, well look or am I kind it's of wrong? a thousand percent i mean honestly and look i got into this when I, you know, the, the, the title 21 hit, 21 hit wonder is a play on obviously a one hit wonder, right? Yeah. I got into this business um, as a songwriter. My only dream was to have one hit because I just wanted to have, to have that feeling, right? That, that magical feeling of hearing your song, like I said, at the dentist's office mm-hmm. or hearing it on the radio or hearing it in a stadium or something cool, you know? I just wanted to have that magical experience of a song living on, right? Definitely. And uh, it's dopamine. Once you get a hit of it, you need more and more. It's, it's the most magical feeling once you actually have a song that enters the consciousness. Like the first time Great Escape by Boys Like Girls was playing everywhere. Everywhere I went, it was like this, this hit. Um, I can't even explain to you the experience. Magical. You know what I mean? Magical. And what happens is um, you have to replicate it. You want to feel it again and again and again. Uh-huh. But the flip side is, for me at least, the reason why songwriting always appealed to me is because I was a fan of screenwriters. So I grew up, uh, I was really into John Hughes and Albert Brooks and these people okay. in the eighties, you know, and I loved, you know, John, John Hughes with all his teen angst stuff and Albert Brooks with his humor yep. and his dry, his dry digs and all that stuff, you know? And I felt that, um, I realized very early on that songwriting doing what I do where I'm collaborating with other artists is screenwriting. Right. That's what I'm doing. I'm screenwriting. I'm, I'm basically I'm I'm crafting the sequel to whatever they've done. I learned that from the great Nile Rogers. He taught me that. And I have to say, so it's 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 such an exhilarating thing to wake up in the morning and to work with an artist of any level of success and just say, OK, I want to like take their, you know, alter their journey. The next thing. So Daughtry had done no surprise or whatever the previous single is. So I thought Waiting for Superman was a massive left turn. And I felt like it, it was a really interesting pivot in, in his um, in his film, you know, and that's how I, I approach all these songs. So they're always trying to think a little outside the box and just, you know, um, what movie would I want to see? And that's how I write it for that artist, you know. Wow, that, 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 that's a really good way to look at it. I, I never really thought about it like that, but wow. That, that, that kind of just blown my mind. <laughs> um, Thanks, man. So you also, you know, uh, worked with Weezer, which is pretty crazy, you know. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I actually interviewed uh, Scott Schreiner. Um, that, a couple great guy. Ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so genuine and nice, you know, so talented. And uh, and I I was on Facebook and I was scrolling and I didn't know that Rivers went to Harvard for like a yeah. year while he was yeah. like, like while yeah. he was signed like uh, that's just so funny to me like Rivers hey Rivers is a uh, so I mean God yeah I mean Rivers is brilliant River Rivers on another planet he's amazing he's so gifted he is like you know um as a huge Weezer fan obviously I came of age we're, we're the same age and I, and I and I came of age musically throughout his career i've been sort of just basking and just watching it and just always wanted to permeate his world and i wrote a song with him on one of the records about six seven years ago called i love the usa but it wasn't a single and that was it and you know um we wrote the song records and we wrote it over a year it took a year of kicking it back and forth and we finally got it and it was the you know number one song and alternative for the last couple of weeks and it was the most exciting thing ever. I can say I had a number one alternative hit with Weezer, you know, 
And, you know, once again, Rivers is a guy I know outside of the business as well, like socially. And he's a, he's a great guy. And he's a really sweet guy and very decent guy. And um, I don't know, like, once again, it, it's neat. I, I look, I'm a fanboy at the for, at the at the front of you know, at, at the front of every session. It's, it's important that people understand I am the colossal fan. I'm a nerd yeah. who was who was who was allowed to enter the room. So I just come in so excited that, you know, I work with these people and I think the energy she's probably pretty palpable you know what i mean because i'm just it's just dripping off of me of like i have so many ideas and i'm so passionate because i'm working with like you know i'm working with the jukebox of my life you know yeah definitely and i i didn't know sam that when you were working with we the kings like i i used to watch charles trippy's like vlogs back in the day on youtube yeah. and, and like you they were so strategic and good at marketing with implementing you know, promoting the music and everything. Um, and they were Dude, I want to tell you something. That's a very, listen to me, that's one of the most perceptive comments. I want to tell you something. I was discussing this with Steve Greenberg, president of S-Curve Records, one of the industry's probably sharpest minds. We were discussing this four days ago, JT, how ahead of the curve they were with King's Carriage. Yeah, they, they were ahead of the curve. They were ahead of their time. They were. They really were. They they were pioneers in that thing. And at the time, I didn't really understand it. Now they would be TikTok royalty. So yeah. um, it's interesting. Yeah, a great band. Uh, you know, um, they, you know, I met them. They were DeSoto, and uh, we renamed them. And musically shifted uh, in the writing. We shifted the process. And you know, it was me and Travis and Dave Katz. And you know, we wrote that first. I guess we we did three albums together. But you know, the, obviously, Check Yes Juliet was the song that sort of got the whole thing moving, and it was magical for all of us. Great song, one of my favorites. Definitely, it's a really good song. Um... Yeah, I, I just honestly, again, just to go back, like, I, I just, they really were ahead of their time with implementing, like, people really don't give them their credit. Like, No, I don't, you know, it's weird. It's, you know, I mean, once again, um, for those who know, we know, yeah. but the great thing about We The Kings is they still kill it, you yeah. know, oh, yeah, they, they still kill it, which is great. I mean, they tour incessantly and they, they really do have a, uh, a great core group of fans and honestly, you know, some of the nicest people, possibly, possibly my favorite band uh, that I've worked with in terms of, uh, of the personalities of all four. I mean, really a lovely group of guys, man, you know, thankful for every moment that they get to do this. And that's refreshing, you know, never, I've never seen those guys take it for granted for one second. Yeah, they, they, they always seemed, at least from, you know, an outsider's perspective, yeah. just watching them, they, they always seemed very genuine and like... Oh, a know, thousand percent. They're yeah, lovely. Definitely. Really lovely. So, Sam, you know, obviously, you know, Hand Clap, you know, comes out, you know, that that was just massive. And, you know... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Panic at the disco. and Things really start, you know... You know, obviously throughout the years, you know, th there were, you know, ups and downs. And, you know, I, I kind of said on my podcast the other day, you know, I, I'm very open about my mental health, you know, journey. And I have bipolar and like the, I, the just from where I'm currently at in my position in the industry, you know, like I, it, the industry is so bipolar. It's like, you know, one minute you're hot, uh, one minute you're hot and the next second you're cold. Like one thousand minute, percent, you're, you're thousand top, percent, one minute you're down, like thousand percent. Just a, you know, it, it's a very unforgiving business, yeah. and I think most jobs are. Yeah. So, and you know, you, that, know, you know that going in. You do, and honestly, I've always approached it from a marathon perspective, mm -hmm. and I always hoped that the body of my work over time would be appreciated. Um, you know, if this was baseball, I would say, you know, I didn't, I have not had a Derek Jeter career, but I want to believe I've had a Bernie Williams career. You know, it's been lengthy and long and consistent and I work really hard. I take it very seriously. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware of, you know, some years I'm hotter than others, but even on years where, 
you know, I might not be the first call, but you know, I'm still in the mix. I'm just honored to be there. And I just keep, you know, working to get, but get back to, you know, to, to being on everybody's radar. So Definitely. you can't get to, you can't get defeated by it because it, none of it's personal, right? No. You know, at the end of the day, it is a numbers game. So, you know, you just have to, um, you just have to laugh about all of it. Just going to it and say, you know what? I, I get it. I'm not taking it personally. I'm just going to get better. And I'm going to, there it may, I'm going to put myself in a position where I can't get boxed out. Yeah. And, and you can kind of just by your response by that, I can kind of like see the translation in, into like high hopes and like, Hey, look, my, you know, I made it like, you know, just kind of th- those emotions and, and like, you know, in some aspects of the lyrics and those. Yeah. A lot of that stuff touches on, you know, themes of it's aspirational, right? It's aspirational. Some of it self-fulfilling, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I like writing positive themes, maybe to cover up darkness, you know, so what, I, I like the balance and the yin and the yang. So I do, I do, I do try to, you know, and I, I, I like writing stuff that, that, you know, that might um, bring some joy to people. You know, I don't like writing really dirty, sad stuff. It's less my scene. I, I, I think it's so much, I'm so much happier writing songs that, you know, make people feel, uh, you want people to feel something and I really want people to feel good. You know, Definitely. I think that's just, that's just sort of, that's my wiring. And, you know, it makes me, you know, once again, if it brings people joy, then I did something right, you know? Definitely. But in, in your book, you know, you said that you couldn't help but feel like the stream of success was just another fleeting cycle. Like, well, you can never get too comfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can never get too comfortable. It, it's and to uh, it's good to be content, but not complacent. Yeah, I just think, you know, once again, you you wake up one morning, uh, and, you know, and you believe, you know, if you begin to believe your own hype, it's over. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to understand there are so many talented people out there and people who want it as bad as you do. Mm-hmm. And so the second you get complacent and you take your foot off the gas and you say, well, you know, I've sort of. You know, I've arrived. Um, someone's going to pull the rug out from underneath you. Especially, I really believe that. Yeah, especially when you have some momentum and, and you're on fire. Like that. And thousand percent. A lot of artists, especially younger artists, we see they get they get too com- they get too com- com- complacent. You know, they get that fast, thousand that fast money's coming in, but like they 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 don't tour as much. They're not working on albums, and you know. You know, I'm sure we can go on for hours about that, but that's oh, oh of course, of course, of course. And also, remember, most people, you know, they had their whole lives to write the first big song, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to come with the second, you know, because you're on the clock, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's why a lot of artists become quote unquote one hit wonders, you know, definitely um, fleeting. And so, I, I, do, I know, um. We only have a little bit left uh, of time, but I do want to ask you a few more questions. You know, you worked with another artist that I really love, who I think is another artist, you know, like Rob Thomas, who is so underappreciated in like don't get the recognition they deserve is Andy Grammer. Um, uh, I mean, the world's nicest guy. Yeah, he you seems know? like he's like I, I, you know, I follow him on Instagram. I've been trying to get you know an interview with him for months. But, you know, he, he seems like he's honestly the nicest, one of the nicest, genuine. It's true. It's not contrived. It's not contrived. Not a facade at all. Not a facade at all. He is truly that person, and he's been that 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 person since I've met him. I worked on his debut record, and um, now I, uh, you know, I came full circle, and uh, you know, I um, I worked with him. You know, I wrote "Damn It Feels Good," which was a single at radio uh, a year ago, and so I have worked with him on and off for. 13, 14 years, and wow. he's still the loveliest guy in the world, you know? Yeah, that's what um, So, yeah, no, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't embrace him more. What a guy, yeah. you know? I, I always love to hear when I, when I speak to people that have worked with people that, you know, I, I've, who've made an impact on me or influenced me or helped me during, you know, tough times in life to hear that, you know, they're actually, you know, a good person as well and, and genuine and, you know, maybe not so, you know, egotistical as some people, you know. Um, so it's always, 
for me personally, it's always nice to hear, you know, people that, you know, I, I look up to and, and are fans of, you know, to hear that they are, you know, really decent human beings, you know, regardless of, you know, what success or money or accolades and fame and all, all that that comes with it, you know, you know, how it can change people. But I, I do have to ask you, you know, one one more artist, you know, you you worked with Isaac from The Fray? I did. I did. Crazy. Uh, I wrote a, uh, actually, um, I wrote a song with those guys. Um, um, this has got to be eight or nine years ago now. Okay. And uh, it was an interesting song because. Um, was it the Helios project? I don't mean to cut you It mind. was the Helios record. Yeah. Wow. And, and, um, you know, it's funny. Joe King came to, uh, Joe King came to my house and I love Joe King. He is a talented guy, mm-hmm. you know, and it was funny. We sat down to write a song and, you know, we wrote a song called Same As You. But what was interesting about the song is I, I, I heard it as an up-tempo. We were writing it as an up-tempo. And I was really excited about that. Like it was fast and frenetic and, and they produced it out as a ballad. And it's it's really cool. It was very different of how I heard it, but probably better. It was more emotional, I think, you know. But once again, I'm always trying to push things up tempo, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. That was a great. That was a great project. I actually seen them live um, when they were on tour for that. And like two songs on that album that are so underrated, like "Break Your Plans," "Wherever This Goes," like just two. Of yeah, them. good great, songs. Great, good songs. songs. Great, great, great songs. Uh, nice. Also, once again, nice people. There's a theme here, you know, it's like, I've been blessed to work with really, really decent, uh, people. And I love that, you know? Yeah. That, that must be a a great feeling. And and Sam, like, so 2019 comes around, you win a billboard music award, (sighs) you're two time ASCAP pop award winner. Like how many, how many, how many plaques do you have, Sam? <laughs> you must, you must have so many plaques in your house. I have to tell you, I, I have a lot of plaques. Um, they're in a garage and they're boxed up, but you know, someday I will break them out. I do have, um, yeah, I got a lot of plaques. It's, it's neat. I mean, you know, when you grow up and you're such a fan of this, right. And you, and you, and you, stand the way I did. I used to stand at newsstands in the city to read billboard magazine free because I couldn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. And you'd see the gold and platinum presentations of plaques mm-hmm. and it was the most magical feeling. Right. And you'd see like, you know, there's a label executive and the artist and maybe the songwriter producer. And you just felt, wow, someday that could be me, mm-hmm. you know, and I could be holding a, a gold or platinum record and to have like a lot of them is so cool, man. And, and it's never lost on me. There isn't a moment where one of these things comes through the door and I think, Oh, been there, done that. It's like when I have a song that resonated and people liked enough for it to you know be certified, what a feeling, you know what I mean? It's magical. And it's still, I still get like this weird galvanic response up and down my arms when, when it happens, you know, because it's, um, you know, we're so blessed to be able to do this. And I, 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 I hope that doesn't come off like a hack sort of generic answer, oh, no. but it's the truth. Like, I really do believe, like, I cannot believe I get to do this with my life. Mm-hmm. It's all I ever wanted to do. And the fact that some of you know, these songs actually resonated with people, I don't know, just, I get all emotional when I say it. It's really cool. Oh, so. it does. Like, just, I mean, just even waiting for Superman is, you know, helped me so much during my, 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 my you know, tough times that I've had in life. I um, love that. One, one of the, you know, just one of the songs that you've worked on. Um, so Sam, um, I also have to ask you, you know, um, how should, how should I word this? So first of all, I didn't know that you were babysitted by Andy Warhol. I was, I was a little kid. I was, I was babysit by Andy Warhol a few times uh, because my mom was uh andy's life partner was my mom's business partner okay. uh they were interior decorators in the in the city in the in the 70s my mom was a single mom remarried and just chased this thing and made it happen and it was you know she was this incredible success and the just an absolute brilliant brilliant mind brilliant eye and you know she would have to drop me off with andy to buy time and that's uh you know it goes way back it's uh it's it, it, tell you one thing it's a, it sure helped get a book deal you know yeah, so yeah. it was a it was a, it was a nice it was a nice it was a nice calling card so um Definitely. yeah it was pretty neat but you know pretty trippy was and you don't have to say the artist or song but was there a song that 
came across to you that you turned down that ended up becoming like a very massive hit? Oh man, there's so many songs I missed really? out on. Really? Um, well, I would say turned down per se, but I would say, you know, I, I just, I miss things, you know, I miss yeah. things. I remember um, I had an opportunity, you know, to work with 303 early on and I didn't do it um, when I should have. Oh, wow. And I thought they were great. But the, I think the biggest thing I ever missed out on was probably Lana Del Rey. My, um, my buddy Jake Ottman was working with her as, a, I believe, a publisher. And he brought he brought her demos over and he said, this is the perfect fit. It's coming out of Gym Class Heroes. This, this woman is perfect for you. She's the perfect fit for what you do musically and what you love. And I just didn't know how that was going to work at, at the time at radio because I was so fixed on, I had finally had radio hits mm-hmm. and I wanted to keep that going. And I, I almost, um, I, I, I let art suffer because of it. And I passed on, on doing the hang or the meeting. That doesn't mean she would have worked with me, but I had an inside shot and I turned it down and then she blew up a year later and it was a big choke. So mm-hmm. I'm still sort of, I'm still salty about that one. Yeah, um, I, I can only imagine. But uh, you ma- you made up for it to say the least. Um, yeah, I tr- I'm trying, man. I'm trying. R- Rick Rubin, what was what was that like? Well, I never got to hang with him, but I did get notes. But he single handedly he gave me one note on "Shake It" by Metro Station. He said, "Please uh, turn all the live instrumentation down and push up the programming and the electronic drums." And it went against my instincts, but I did it because he's Rick Rubin and I'm not. And he was correct. So, you know, he, you know, he's one of my idols when I was started out. So um, that was pretty cool. You know, it's just cool to get a note from him, you know. Definitely. And one, one thing I, I want to ask is, you know, at the end of your book, you know, you, you, you mentioned and you thanked Casey Kasem. And that caught, that caught my attention and I, and I was wondering if that had to do with, growing up listening listening to him on the radio yeah i mean the countdown was everything for me because i I used to i used to write down all the slots and i was so i was so into it and i just wanted to um you know i just wanted to give a little shout out because that that was truthfully how it started for me i loved everything about it you know yeah, so there would be, be no Ryan Seacrest if it wasn't for him. Or they're, they're, no, these guys were pioneers, and it, you know that's why that's why I did it. You know, so I don't know. It's pretty cool. So, pretty uh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Sam, um, is there anything that you're currently working on that you can talk about or promote? Is there anything you want to promote? Or- well, it's just that you know I'm 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 seeing this book through. The thing about this book is you know uh, I gave a hundred percent of. Um, um, 100% of the, the money that proceeds to charity, they go to uh, Musicians on Call, which brings music bedside to patients in hospital. It's a charity I'm very passionate about. And um, so every penny from this book, uh, from my end, goes to this charity. And I've paid my own way to visit uh, 30 universities so far. And by the end of the run, it'll be close to 50. Wow. And I'm just trying to get in front of kids and just, you know, just tell them they give them a hug and tell them it's going to be all right and that they can do this too. And if I was able to do it, they can, and just, you know, I don't know. I just want to provide a little bit of uh, encouragement at a time when I think people need it, you know? Yeah. So I, I love that. I, I, I really commend you and have so much respect for you to be so you know vulnerable and, and be able to share your story and, and and show people that, you know, hey, I've fucked up so many times. I've had self-doubt. You know, I've, you know, thought I made it. You know, shit shit hits the fan. Like, it's a crazy, wild journey, but I did it. And and you can can do it, too. It's it's just so important to... um, I think it's so important for people to understand that they can and that there's so many voices of negativity. Like we block our own shots anyway, right? We're our own worst critics. We get inside of our own heads and talk ourselves out of things. And I think it's imperative to know that like you can do it, you can do it. And I, I want to be that like cheerleader voice that says, God, you know, like suppress your own negativity, suppress any voices around you. I had these artists as parents who cheered for me and told me that I could do this with my life. It was the most magical feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have support networks of people tell, like rooting for them and cheering for them. 
And so I'm hoping to be a, a one person cheering squad with my little pom poms saying, uh, go out and make great art and be happy um, chasing it. Enjoy every bit of the struggle, all the, the terrible stuff too, and, and embrace it because it, 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 it can happen. And you can do something that, you know, you can sort of chase in, and actualize some dreams like, you know, like you're doing with your podcast as we speak. Yeah, thank you, and I appreciate that. And, I, and I, like I told you, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and manifesting things. And it's just so, right. so ironic the fact that you know you, you co-wrote in, you know, High Hopes, and that's literally like the fucking theme song of my life story right now. Like literally, if there were a film, you know, a documentary, you know, filming me, it would be that song. Like it, it's just so ironic, and, and I'm forever thankful. Uh, Sam, I, I just have two. I have two quick questions for you. Um, a, a couple of years ago on my podcast, I predicted that a lot more, that the world is going to see a lot more artists selling their catalogs and we're starting, yes. we're starting over the next five to 10 years. I said this a couple of years yes. ago and we're starting to see this, you know, on, on a, on a significant basis. And, you know, from people that aren't in the industry and not really familiar, they're like, well, why are you doing that? You know, why is Justin Bieber selling for 200? Well, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, you know, behind the scenes and all, all different kinds of factors. But do you agree that we're going to start seeing a significant increase of people, you know, like really popular, successful musicians, bands selling at least half of their catalog or the entire. Yeah, I think I think people used to. Uh, I I think back in the day, people used to. Um, I think people used to hold these annuities forever and then sell them in their later years, in their golden years, you know, retirement. And now people are realizing, wait. I can sell them when I'm young and build another catalog and then build another catalog. Exactly. Yes. You know, and that's, uh, that's what, what happened with me at least is that, you know, I wanted the freedom to create whatever I wanted to create and not stay on a treadmill of work, mm -hmm. but to actually pick and choose things, you know, Definitely. and that's, uh, that's what brought me the most joy. Um, and I finally, um, I was able to ascertain it, man. You know what I mean? And when I sold it, you know, there's look, my name's still on the songs. Yeah, if yeah. you go to Spotify, I see my name. Yeah. So they can't take away my contributions and to have the freedom to create what I want to create is, is so empowering. And I think it might make my songs better. Maybe, maybe I'll elevate because maybe, um, you, will. You, will. you know, I have, a, there's just, there's a freedom and that, you know, it's again, like, I just, there's no, there's, there's a different sort of weight on my shoulders. It's, 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 it's removed a monkey from the back from one respect. And then, you know, it fuels the art in another. So Definitely. I'm very pro catalog sale, but it's based on the person for me. It was great. You know, Definitely. And one, one last question. I kind of came up with this, like, prediction i don't i don't know I, I want to hear what you honestly think about it like i honestly think you know the music industry is obviously is constantly evolving and changing but i think we're gonna get to a point with like when vr and, and like ai really evolves you know like we're already see, seeing you know like you can get like virtual you know or not like virtual like uh, like live stream to watch you know shows and performances and concerts but i think it'll get to the point where you know, companies will have like VR sets where you can actually have like that POV kind of like perspective and you can actually be like kind of at the concert, you know, without being there. Um, I, th I think that'll actually like come to a point in, in the music industry. Um, obviously, it's going to be it's going to be a very different industry going forward, yeah. you know. And, you know, AI music is obviously it's here and we're within the next year or two. I think you're really going to start seeing it take a hold. Yeah. And, you know, it's not for me, um, but I do. I believe that for every reaction, there'll be a counter reaction. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that maybe this will fuel people to write really great organic stuff that goes against it, you know. Definitely. And look, maybe there'll be some stuff that comes out of it that's fascinating. I mean, technology is a, a crazy beast, you know. There have been such amazing technological advancements that have completely moved me in some of my favorite tunes. The flip side is, you know, there's stuff that, you know, bores me to death. So I'm hoping, I just hope, look, I hope that there, there's every sort of voice is represented musically, you know, every different type. And there can be super high tech, strange, you know, AI groups and all this stuff. And, you know, um, 
also like really organic tight outfits that can go and play in a in a in a in a in a in a room and blow your mind they're just like the essence of you know basic instrumentation definitely i 100% agree um i just wanted to hear your your perspective your idea and perspective on on that um of course every anyone that's listening or watching you can go and check out sam hollander uh songs.com um is there anything else that you'd like to plug or promote um obviously just buy the just buy this book buy this book because this book is um for all of you in terms of for anybody out there who is hit any creative roadblock or any creative needs that shove i am that shove and um i don't know other than that i don't know just keep keep doing whatever brings you joy be a decent human and have a good time yeah I, I totally agree. And Sam, thank you so much. This this really means Brother, a lot. Brother, thank you so much, man. Great questions, and thank you for your time. And uh, all right, and make sure anybody wants to hit me up on Instagram or whatever if they're listening. I do respond. I'm slow, but I do uh, I do uh, respond as JT will tell you. So <laughs> you're a busy man. Uh, where where can people follow you? What's your handle? I think it's Sam Hollander. I mean, I'm usually the guy in the baseball hat and the hoodie, so it's hard to miss me. You know, I, I really, I, I'm, you know, I'm dressed as Oscar Madison from The Odd Couple, 24 hours a day, so it's hard to miss me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sam, thank you so much. I really thank you, brother. I, I wish you honestly, man. I wish you so much success and happiness this year, and obviously in the future. Dude, and you're gonna kill. You, you're gonna kill you too. Listen to me. It's your turn. Now go, go have some fun. All right, brother. Thank you. That, that all right, man. Means a Best lot. of luck. Thank you, Sam. Have all right. a great day. All right, buddy. Thank you, you too. Bye. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And of course, as you know, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. I really, really do appreciate it. You can listen to this show exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of my links and platforms are there. You can also watch the full episodes and clips, behind the scenes, exclusive content at my YouTube channel. Just type in onairwithjt. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and everything is right there. And of course, if you are a business owner, a brand, a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, my social media platforms, and my new podcasts that are launching this year, then send me an email. Of course, serious inquiries only. You can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. You are listening to On Air with JT. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. Caution, you are listening to On Air with JT, a fully uncensored, raw, and unfiltered show. JT doesn't give a fuck. You are listening to On Air with JT, pop culture, news, rants, interviews, serious discussions that the mainstream media won't talk about, and so much more. This is On Air with JT. You are listening to On Air with JT.